Warning, the following episode will contain fluffers, sex talk, pornography talk, fucking talk, strong language, Kevin Smith, poster troubles, lack of evidence, platonic relationship drama, not paying bills, high school reunions, Bad porn puns. Poop. Filming without asking. Sex with friends. And the following episode will contain a Three's Company porno plot. Welcome to the Band Library Podcast. Welcome to the Banned Library Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about books that have been banned or censored or otherwise removed from, you know, just places, things. Um, If you hear in the background a lot of traffic or something that sounds like a chainsaw, that would be traffic. And apparently the chainsaw that runs my refrigerator that I've requested to have fixed, but apparently is just not a thing. So I hope I've cut it out of this episode, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right up here on Front Street. Shit's fucked up and there's not much I can do about the tiny studio apartment that I'm living in and having to record in. I apologize. I'm sorry. And who the hell am I to apologize for such shitty audio quality? Well, my name is S.D. Harger. I'm a librarian. I'm a writer. I'm an ex-fluffer to the stars. You can follow me on Twitter, at BenWriter. You can follow the library, at BenLibrary on Twitter, also Instagram, Facebook, and IMDP. But I don't pay attention to most of those and make my own bad jokes when I will. If you would like to help support the Band Library, go over it on Patreon, patreon.com slash bandlibrary. There's a link on the post and on the website for a dollar a month, just $12 a year. You can become a member of the Friends of the Band Library, get access to damn near everything I've ever posted, going back 6,969 years. More bad jokes. Coming up next week, or I think this week, is we're doing our monthly band TV episode and on Patreon exclusive, and this one's Family Guy. And it's not great. Had a rough time during that one. Um, yeah, just gonna, if you want to hear a librarian just fucking hate something, and patreon.com slash band library, <laughs> that should be the, that should be the whole thing of this website, right? Bandlibrary.com, when you want to hear a librarian hate something, that's, that's me, I'm not pushing shit on anybody, fuck it, run for the hills, make your own stories, goddammit, because there's nothing but shit down here. Actually, that's not too fair. Today we're talking about Zack and Mary Make a Porno by Kevin Smith. It's not it's not bad. Uh, this is definitely one of the lesser Kevin Smith movies, which, if you talk to a lot of people, 
as a lot of Kevin Smith movies. Um, I will say right now, I was a little bit, you know, I had a few tall glasses of water, as uh, some folks at another podcast like to say. And at the end of this, I was like, fuck that, and put on Chasing Amy and had a delightful time. Because Chasing Amy is an actual movie with a point. And this one is just a series of goofy things happening. Not saying that's bad. If you like this movie, great. I'm probably about to shit all over it, just like that girl shits on um, old Randall's face from Clerks. What is Zack and Mary make a porno about, other than a person named Zack and a person named Mary making a porno? They're friends, they decide to make money, and porn, and yet they find themselves falling in love. Oh, that's so sweet. First, and that's basically what this movie's about. There's literally nothing else, really, that happens in this movie that's important in any way. It doesn't, it's not about anything, really, outside of, hey, two je- hey, if you find yourself, you know, still with and hanging out with somebody ten years after, and you find them mildly attractive, maybe go ahead and just get married. I think that should be like the, maybe why don't you? That should be like the tagline of Zack and Mary make a porno. It is a comedy, though. It's funny. Uh, let's talk about Kevin Smith just a little bit. The writer, director, you know, all-around person in this movie. Uh, Kevin Patrick Smith was born August 2nd, 1970, Red Bank, New Jersey. He's an American filmmaker, actor, comedian, comic book writer, author, podcaster. His dad was a postal worker who hated his job, and basically that's where Kevin Smith was like, I'm not going to do something I hate, which I think a lot of us should learn really young because some of us backed our way into careers where we hate things. Not saying who or what. Any hoozle. Around 1991, uh, Smith saw Richard Linklater's comedy Slacker, decided he wanted to make movies. So he went to Vancouver Film School for about four months. He met his collaborators Scott Mosher and Dave Klein. He left about halfway there. Basically told them, hey... Y'all write a script, I'll write a script. You know, whoever gets their script together will film it. And they were all like, yeah, sure. Leave halfway through the program and see if you're going to do anything. And he went and wrote Clerks. Used a shitload of credit card money. Got his friends to help him out. Like I said, Scott Mosier, Dave Klein, they all came over. About $27,000 in debt. Made Clerks. It went on to play at Sundance and Confin Film Festival. Did pretty damn good. Uh, he went on to make several other movies set in the Clerks universe, including Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, several others. Uh, many have been protested and condemned for sexual, religious views, even though a lot of them don't have, like, it's mostly people talking, which I do find fascinating in this concept that, again, this isn't, a lot of what I actually like to say on these podcasts about these episodes are people are railing against the idea of something happening that that fascinates me no to no end that you can show someone getting shot in the face but if you show one penis you know you're done that's movie logic for banning and the mpaa and all those bullshit hypocrites that are all about like saving moral purity when they don't give a fuck they just want to control people which is whatever that's on society at this point but it's the assholes who read something in a book, words on a page, not any kind of action, not even, doesn't even have to be fiction. It's the same with Kevin Smith movies. A lot of it just happens because people are talking about it. 
It's not people actually doing it, although there is a donkey show in one of them. He doesn't show it in, I think, Clerks 2. But, and there's a lot of sexual references in Chasing Amy, and in this movie, and in every one of his movies. But very rarely, this is the first movie that I remember that actually has, like, graphic sex to it. And it's even not even that graphic. There's some boobs, and they're... There's no, there's one penis, heads up. And it's just fascinating that just talking about something, just writing it down, that'll corrupt everyone's child. They'll put their ideas in their minds. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's, it fascinates me to no end. Sorry, I went off on a rant. Uh, after disappointing box offices of Zack and Mary and the next one that came out, Cop Out, the only movie I think he's never, that he didn't write. That he directed. He stepped away from large distribution of movies. He focused on building his little smodcast podcast empire. He made independent films like Red State and Tusk, both of which are very if anything, they're interesting. I actually really enjoyed Red State and heard it I went when he he did a weird distribution model where he took it around like a road show. And like I gave a talk to the beginning of it and did really well done. It was I enjoyed Red State. Tusk is a little bit harder. But it's at least interesting and something, I'm not going to say you haven't seen it before because it's basically um, Human Centipede with a walrus, <laughs> if you really want to drill that hole down. But at least I'd, I could say I'd never seen that before. And it's well acted. It's got good folks in it. Yeah. And then there's this other one, Yoga Hosers, that I'm just, I didn't make it 10 minutes in. I hated it. I hated it so much it hurt. I hated it so much, as Dylan Moran used to say, it gave me energy, woke me up in the morning. Like, oh, God, I hate that movie so much. He has married uh, Kevin Smith with one child, both of whom act in his movies. I don't know if the kid's in this one. I know uh, Jennifer Schwalbach, I believe is her name. She is in the scene with, if I don't mention it, their high school reunion. She greets them at the high school reunion. So, yeah. Uh, 2018, Smith did have a heart attack, uh, which puts him on a vegan diet. He's lost a lot of weight. Hopefully, he's healthy and happy. I don't wish the guy ill. I actually really kind of respect a lot of the things he's done because he's one of those, I mean, he sort of manifested his entire career. And I kind of, part of me respects that and part of me envies the shit out of it. And I think that's okay. That's really nice. He took some big swings and he made it. So why are we talking about Zack and Miri make a porno? Right off the bat, it's about the title and the posters um, and everything else. The MPAA originally gave it an NC-17. He only made two cuts to it, but they wanted more. He rescreened it and they gave it an R. Uh, they got the R for, quote, strong, crude sexual content, including dialogue, graphic nudity, and pervasive language. Unquote. I'm not 100% sure what pervasive language means. And I kind of want to Google that shit right now. I probably should have done that before I got on mic. But hey, welcome to the internet. Let's see. So basically, pervasive language just means that they don't just not talk about it. They keep talking about it. So basically, it's just a bunch of profanity. From what I can read through... Uh, uh, I'm not even going to say what that is. That website. So basically, they just kept saying bad words all the time, and the MPA didn't like it very much. 
There was also a poster of the film released in September 2008, which suggests the title characters were performing oral sex on each other, which you've probably seen this poster because they just, it's like Zach uh, played by Seth Rogen and Miri played by Elizabeth Banks. And it's their character facing and you can see the back of the head of the other character in their lap area. You might have actually seen this poster because they will cut the other person's head off and it just looked like, oh goodness, you know, when they're looking at the face. They did make another um, another poster for this movie that I really kind of loved because the theaters wouldn't take the other one. Uh, there were multiple other posters, actually. My favorite was a stick figure and a wholesome a stick figure drawing of like, they can't even let you sh- see this movie. We can't even say the title. <laughs> I kind of love it. And there's a wholesome one that was rejected by Reese Taylors because of the word porno was in it. And it's, if you can find it, it's really kind of cute. And I may use it for the um, page image here because it's just Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks, you know, sitting in a nice field. It looks almost like that windows uh, background, you know, blue sky. There's like little thing, uh, fucking rabbits and shit all around them. Like you looking cute as hell, probably a rainbow in there. Cause fuck it. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's my favorite poster ever, but retailers wouldn't take the word porno, which spoiler alert is the number one reason this movie got picked up. They heard Zach and Mary make a porno and Miramax was like, hell yeah, we'll buy that. And then nobody would distribute it. Fucking assholes. I wonder if this was, I kind of, hmm, I think this is sort of a producer's thing. Like, Hey, we need to take a bath on a movie so we can, you know, make back some money on an insurance thing. Yeah, let's do Kevin Smith's make a porno movie. Sure, let's do it. It's cute. It'll burn through cash. It's not that much. I think this movie was only like a couple million dollars to make. And here's where I have to put a disclaimer. This movie is all over several like, can you believe this movie was banned lists? Um, And it's going to be on another one because, well, we're talking about it right here. I can't find any reputable source to confirm the two that I found just like internet copy pasta. It's the same fucking article everywhere you look. So take this with a grain of salt and I'm going to put that on my website. Like, Hey, there's no reputable source saying that this was thing. I even went to, okay, it was banned in uh, 2008 and 2009 in Trinidad and Tobago and Thailand. I went on their goddamn websites, used a Google translate, filtered through that garbage because Let's just say they got work to do on Google Translate. We are not in Star Trek just yet. And I still couldn't find shit. Um, If someone does want to go through all that, maybe they can find some reference to it or that the the country banned the movie thinking teens would make their own pornography in Trinidad and Tobago. In Thailand, the Ministry of Culture banned the film for sexual material. Neither of those, like I said, I could find anything on. Um... I do like the idea that they would ban it. Like, oh, God damn. If we show this movie, it'll put the idea in the kids' heads that they could use their little cameras to show themselves fucking. We can't have them showing themselves fucking. They should just go in the bush and do it. Like, they should just go in their parents' basements and do it like the old school did. Why would they tape it? Which that kind of makes sense. You know, you don't want a bunch of child pornography out there. That's bad, by the way. Going to take a strong stance against child pornography in this episode. But (laughs) the fact that kids can't figure that shit out for themselves, come on. 
Come on. Anyway, so that's the reason it's banned. It's because people think that, or, well, there's all the NC-17, you know, pervasive language bullshit, and the posters wouldn't be shown, and they had distribution problems, and blah, 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 blah. And then the actual bullshit reasons that may or may not be true. Who knows? I don't know why anybody would lie about Trinidad and Tobago like that, or Tobago. I don't know. Or Thailand, because they seem like wonderful places to go uh, with ministers of cultures and all that. But yeah, it's just, it's so goofy. Uh, like I said, let's get into the actual plot. Um, it was shopped around. There's different ideas with different leads, um, different ways Kevin Smith was going to put this together. Uh, at one point, Miri was Rosario Dawson, which would have been amazing. I think she was contractually obligated to someone else, though. Couldn't do it. Uh, also, because of budget, they changed it to Pittsburgh. I think it was originally probably one of his, you know, let's do this New Jersey old school with my friends kind of thing. And there's a bunch of different set dressings. Tom Savini is in this, if you don't know who he is. I mean, come on, man. It's the, um, he was he's a special effects art artist. If you've ever seen From Dust Till Dawn, he plays Sex Machine, the guy with the gun in his crotch. He's amazing. Uh, special effects artist. If you've ever seen uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Dawn of the Dead, he was actually, I just look him up. He's awesome. He got a lot of his special effects knowledge because he was in Vietnam and saw people die in front of him, like shot in the face. And he was like, I want to make, put that on the screen. I want to make sure that people know how visceral and horrible fucking shit can be. And he does. And it's great. It's his effects are some of the best in this the business. He's just amazing. And he's a really nice guy. I met him at uh, Dragon Con one year. Just super nice. He's just the, one of the nicest down-to-earth people you'd ever meet. The reason it is a mix is because uh, Pittsburgh was also the place where Dawn of the Dead shot. And they used the actual mall in this movie a couple times. So that's kind of nice. It's kind of like all neat. You know, a lot of little references. Also, I think Seth Rogen, Zach's favorite, or he plays with a... a hockey team called the Monroeville Zombies. Monroeville was the name of the town and Dawn of the Dead Zombies. Ah ha ha. You get it. So we start out with Zach Brown, Miri Linky. They are roommates in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Oh, I must say I had to actually watch this on a copy of a DVD I actually had. Didn't even know I had. I was just going through my DVDs. I'm like, holy shit, I have Zach and Miri make a porno. I think I guess one point I was trying to get all the Kevin Smith movies. Who knows? I drank for a long time. <laughs> so they've been friends from the first grade. Um, Mary's a local shopping mall. Zach works for a coffee shop. Except they're both kind of shitty at life because they haven't paid their bills in a long time. Pretty much because you know, they're just both really lazy. <laughs> I guess is the way they... I could, I, this is the only way I can say it, man. They're just down on their luck. They don't have any ideas or ambition or life goals. They've known each other since they were tiny. Except here's the thing I really want to get into. Um, why aren't they already together? This is one of those where I kind of wish, and I, I didn't look up how old uh, either Seth Rogen or um, Elizabeth Banks are, but they're going to their high school reunion, end of the first act-ish, which should make them around 30-ish, you know, 28, 29, 30, somewhere in there, which it's a Thanksgiving, and I don't know what that, who does it, well, I guess you would do your reunion around Thanksgiving, everybody's coming home for Thanksgiving, so you have a bunch of people, and yeah, okay, 
I said that and then immediately detracted. Like, oh yeah, because I think my high school reunion, I believe, was sometime around homecoming. Or was it in May? I don't know. I vowed never to go back. So I haven't <laughs> after that one. It's really shitty. If you've ever been to your high school reunion, uh, contact that van library. I want to hear the story. Mine was really shitty. Uh, I'm not going to tell it. <laughs> I was just with a bad person and then talked to the handful of people I wanted to talk to. And then every other asshole that was there acted like every other asshole they had 10 years before. And I realized that I'd never wanted to go back and see any of those people again. And I have not Not really anyway. But yeah, why aren't these two together? They've lived together for at least 10 years now. They've been in each other's lives. They are both somewhat attractive. I mean, Elizabeth Banks, yes. Seth Rogen. I'm sure there's a type out there that, I mean, he's a handsome dude. I can say it. You know, he's not really my type. I'm, I mean, mostly because I'm more of an Elizabeth Bank type. But I'm just saying, he's not an unattractive man. He actually gets less attractive when he shaves later on. But I'll get to that. Yeah, just, but... That's the, how low the stakes are here. That's the complication. Why aren't they together? Because you kind of, like, from the very beginning, they act like a married couple. They act like two people who have been together for a very long time. And for some reason, they decide, well, I know why, because they don't have any money. And the night before Thanksgiving, right before they go to their high school reunion, their water gets shut off. So they have, and then they come up with the idea but yeah, it's just why, why have the why not be together? I mean, I get it, but I, yet I don't. It's it's kind of weird because I've had girl roommates before and we weren't together. And there's a couple of them. I didn't. I mean, one or two. I thought about that way, but uh, at least a couple of them I didn't. In any way, they were just friends. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe he just figuring out. I don't know. This is weird. If you live with someone that long, though, you'd figure at some point. Anyway, while they're getting dressed for this thing, two teenage boys um, basically perform a sex crime. Uh, she is in their coffee shop where he works. She's changing clothes like, hey, what does this dress look like? Blah, blah, blah. And while she's changing, she's in view of these two kids who film her changing and upload that to the YouTubes or whatever site they use on here. I didn't notice. And call it granny panties because she's wearing, you know, bigger, white, comfortable panties. And that comes back a couple times because sex crimes, they're funny. I don't know, it's just really, I, I just did not age very well. Just not great. But Miri is very excited to go to this high school reunion because she's going to meet Bobby Long, who's played wonderfully by one of my favorite actors that doesn't get enough do, Brandon Ralph. Uh, Ralph? Whatever. He was Superman. Been in a bunch of shit. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. He's really good as the Atom. I just really love this dude. Uh, and she's going to seduce him. Unfortunately, he reveals that he is a gay porn star. Uh, actually, Brandon, Brandon St. Randy, played by Justin Long. In one of my... Okay, I laughed. I laughed really hard because he's talking to Seth Rogen. And there's just a really funny back and forth. And he's doing this very funny voice. I can't do it. But he's talking about, um, yeah, I'm in movies. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's fucking cool. I can't do a Seth Rogen. But he's he tells him about, you know, like I'm in the movies. And like, oh, like, you know, stage production and whatever. I can't remember the movie he says, but it's like 12 Angry Men. Well, more like 12 Angry Men, but they were 
all having sex with each other. And then they go on for hours having sex with each other. Part two or something. It's just really funny. And find out this this guy's Bobby's boyfriend. That they're both into gay porn. And that's how it works out. They've been in Hollywood the whole time. Of course, Miri finds out about this and is just, oh my God. But then they come back home, Miri and Zach, and find out the apartment's been, the electricity's been turned off in the apartment. And Brandon St. Randy loves that even in the last couple hours, there's like hundreds of thousands of hits of that Granny Panties video of Miri. And he's just very excited and like, you know, gives them their contact information. So they get in together. Um, At this point, emboldened by the idea of meeting a gay porn star and needing money, they decide, hey, let's make a porn. I guess. It's just, yeah, it's just, that's that's their first jumping off to. Not like, hey, let's sell some shit on eBay, which they probably have on. Yeah, they're not selling stuff. They're not like, let's get extra jobs. Let's do all this other stuff. They're like, hell no. Zach's like, let's make a porn. I want to see everybody fucking and whatever. He's got a nice little diatribe about how, you know, they're regular people and you want to see regular people have sex. Even their friends would have regular people have sex, all that kind of stuff. And that's just right on. And that's, and yeah, the fact that he can convince her of this, I can't, con- I can convince my friends of shit, much less make a porn. And if and definitely not the girls that I'm friends with. And yeah, it just what, nails down one more. The main problem is these two aren't together. There's very little that actually stops the forward momentum of this movie other than their shit together. Because they, they immediately decide um, Seth Rogen's friend, Delancey, Delaney, uh, played by Craig Robertson. I fucking love Craig Robertson so much. Uh, he's going to buy himself a you know big-ass TV with uh, Black Friday money. But instead, Zach's like, hey, let's make a porn. And he's like, okay. <laughs> There's a little convincing. But they're going to basically do a pornographic Star Wars parody called Star Wars. Because that's the... I mean, I guess that's what these guys would think up. But whatever. They hire a cast and crew, um, including actual real porn stars. Uh, it's Tracy Lords, who has done legitimate acting since her underage porn star. If you want to find a really interesting story, read hers. It's fascinating. And I believe Stacy is played by Katie Morgan, who I believe went on to marry someone in the crew of this movie. Like they got together and it's really kind of cool. Jason Mewes as Lester the Molester, who has a really funny name. And they're like, that is an interesting porn name. And he's like, oh, I want to be, if we get a porn name too, I want to be Pete Jones. Which I kind of, that made me giggle. That was a good one. There's some good laughs in here. Let's not lie. And then, shit. Jeff Anderson uh, comes back. This, I think, is the only time he really plays an actual character in a, Kevin Smith movie that's not Randall from Clerks and Clerks 2 and probably one of the Jay and Silent Bobs. I stopped paying attention. So those are the basics of the people they hire and get together. If that didn't make any sense, it's because shit just got weird in here. (laughs) Chainsaw came out. Who knows? So they go to Tom Savini. They rent some equipment and a, a whole garage thing. They put it all together. They start making costumes. They're going to do it. And they come night on the first night of filming and the building's being demolished because Tom Savini just took all their money and left. 
and apparently he wasn't in charge of shit. All the equipment, all the costumes, everything's destroyed. They're out all that money that Craig Robinson gave them. And they all go to the coffee shop and they're like, God damn it. You know, this was this was our money-making idea. Craig Robinson's not getting his TV. Everybody's not you're getting to have sex, which I don't know why you just have sex. And this is 2008. There should be camera phones, at least a little bit. You know, do some Blair Witch sex. Has that happened? Found footage sex movie? I kind of want to watch it. But anyway, I'm not looking that up right now. God damn it. I've looked up enough. So they're at that thing. And then I believe Zach's boss at the coffee shop is like, I'm going to put a camera on you to watch when you're all lazy. And he's like, holy shit. He finds the hidden camera that his boss actually did put up and is like, we can use this to replace the film equipment. We can make our thing and we can make it right here and we'll do a movie in a coffee shop and we'll call it Swallow My Cacchino. And that's what they do. So after the coffee shop closes every night, they film a porn. The Pete Jones sex scout was (laughs) was just really funny. Uh, They do go over the Star Horse script that apparently Zach only wrote Mary having sex with him not anybody else, which was kind of a point of contention and comes up a little bit later. And I guess, all right, go ahead and fuck already. Jesus Christ. It's just, yeah, there's little clues that they love each other through this entire movie outside of the fact that they've been together forever. I don't know. It just feels really fucking weird. So they're not going to have sex, but they're not going to like the sex is not going to ruin their friendship. They're great. Except, of course I do. Uh, there's several different sex things. Uh, there's one guy that comes in that's probably my favorite part of the whole movie. They're doing a straight-up sex scene. I believe Katie Morgan is like bent over a counter while Jason Mewes is just plowing her from the back. And this dude just kind of rolls in, drunk off his ass because they forgot to lock the door, and he's like, yeah, I want a coffee. Because it's, it's right after a Penguins game. <laughs> and he's just decked out, and he's fucking hammered. And so they make him a coffee real quick and he's like, oh, thanks. And he leaves. And it's just the like obliviousness of the entire interaction that just made me laugh all out loud. I love it so much. It's so funny and it's just weird and awkward, which I usually don't like awkward stuff, but I guess that's so absurd that somebody wouldn't notice that. It's just very strange. And then we come to the point where they have to have sex with each other. Zach and Mary are actually going to make a porno with each other. And he shaves for her. Doesn't get a haircut. Still got this big bushy fucking thing of hair. Now he just looks like a goddamn Q-tip. But he's got, he's clean shaven for her, you know, because he wants to be nice. And they both have very awkward white people sex that everybody's like, oh my God, you two are in love. And he feels it and she feels it, but she doesn't really want to. And that's it. That's, it's not like the clinical just pounding away. It's very romantic. It's very like, looking at each other. And even I remember in the theater when I saw this movie, it was like, oh, they actually did care for each other. Which, duh. Again, they've known each other forever. If you're doing something that intimate together, you're gonna start, you know, there's gonna be something there. Jesus. And then they're at home. You know, they're still powerless and waterless. But all of a sudden, all their power and water comes back on. And they're like, oh my God, what's going on? And then knock on the door. All the actors and the crew are there and they're like, hey, we got your money back for a month. Everything's okay. We're going to have a party. Because even though we haven't filmed a shooting, you know, we're going to do okay. And everybody's having fun. They're doing a good party. 
one of the other and Stacy uh, Katie Morgan she comes over to Miriam and is like you know you two had a really sexy sexy and I'm supposed to do it with Zach tomorrow but I'm a little nervous I want to make sure I have the, like the right you know thing we did was it weird when you have sex and Miriam was like no it's normal and she was like it's okay if me and him have sex and she's like yeah go ahead and ask him you know it's not it's not a big deal and then this is where Mary sort of was like, oh, I totally have feelings for Zach. This is fucked up. But the placement here is the weirdness where this is all ends up being a test, which is fucking horrible. And I kind of wish it was the other way around, except for there's no way you would believe that Elizabeth Banks would have sex with Jason Mewes, of all people. Not that he's a bad dude. It just that coupling doesn't seem quite right, whereas... I don't know. It, it just feels better that uh, that's fucked up in all in itself. I shouldn't have said that. Everybody can have sex with everybody in this movie. And actually, I'm envisioning that in my head right now. And it's lovely. It's it's just there's a unicorn involved. Um, beautiful orange clovers and green stars. It, it's just it's a wonderful, wonderful scene. And I hope everyone has sex. But here's the thing. When Mary says to Stacy, it's OK if you ask him. Stacy goes over to Zach and is like, hey, you want to fuck? And they go to the bedroom. And Mary's all sad about it. Which, yeah, you should be. Mostly because she comes back a little bit later and is like, hey, you had sex with Stacy. And he's like, no, I didn't. And what was that? Some kind of fucked up test? Which, yes, it was. And that's fucked up. So, yeah, uh, Zach is planning on filming the scene between Stacy and another actor. It's supposed to be Lester and Mary, but Zach's like, you know, I can't, you know, I, I wanted to be Stacy and Lester. And Mary shows up and is like, no, I'm supposed to be fucking Lester. Let's do this. And Zach's like, why are you, this is not the thing. Why are you doing this because of me and Stacy? You know, she didn't care if you slept with her. And Mary's like, no, this is when I, this is when she points out like, no, I said she could ask. And you did. And Zach's like, well, fuck you. We were actually making love. We were having a good time. I didn't have sex with her. Or I don't know if he even says that. He, he doesn't. And he doesn't have to. Because you know what? He was a consenting adult. And they were in a relationship. He says, as if he's been in anything like this, which he, I have never had any kind of... I pretty much made it very clear. Hey, I want to have sex with you. I've tried to. Or at least when it was appropriate. I was drinking for a long time. Honesty is a very, very basic thing. It's very easy to say. You'll lose a lot of friends that way, but everyone knows where you stand. So yeah, she tells him she that you know, it was just sex. So he fucking leaves. He leaves the coffee shop, quits his job, quits the film, moves out. She goes home and he's not there, which I get. I mean, when you have your heart broken, you kind of want to just clear out and let that heart mend on its own for a while we skip about three months ahead uh zach is working at like uh he's selling something he's getting hit by paintballs as a mascot while he's selling things i I didn't completely understand what's going on here but i'm pretty sure it was the kids that shot the granny panty videos at the beginning delaney finds him craig robinson uh convinces him hey come to my house you know, we, the film's finished. We're going to, you know, we need to help finish. And Zach's like, okay, cool. And they come and uh, Jeff Anderson's there and he, they explain that 
you know, Mary never filmed her sex scene with Lester. You two only ever slept with each other. Uh, Zach goes to Mary's apartment. He's like, hey, well, at first he goes to her room and then Lester comes out and he's like, oh, God damn it. And then Jason Mewes actually does a pretty, this is a really funny scene where he goes into like, it's a very strange turn of conversation where he's like, yeah, she didn't sleep with that dude and blah, blah, blah. And somehow it gets into a Dutch rudder conversation where it, it's where you use your arm to masturbate, but somebody else works it. It's a very strange scene that I kind of commend the writing of it just because it somehow does flow and work. I don't know how, especially since this is supposed to be the end of the movie romantic uh, when Harry met Sally, which this that's basically what this movie is too. It's when Harry met Sally. Um, oh, when Harry met Sally meets whatever movie I said earlier. Any hoozle. Um, Zach and Mary make up. He never slept with her. She never slept with him. Blah, blah, blah. I love you. She says, I love you back. She missed him. They get married. Um, we skip ahead a little bit, find out. They used a workers' compensation settlement that was a weird one-off joke. They start their own video production company called Zach and Mary Make Your Porno, which is an actually real thing that I looked up. You can make your, you can make your own porn, just like with production levels and everything. There's companies out there that do it. It's kind of sweet, really, if you think about it. Um, and that's the movie. That's it. It's really sweet. It, I kind of dug it, um, even though there is just some. It's cliche as hell all over it. There's no stakes to it whatsoever. I mean, I like these two actors. I like these two characters. I didn't give a shit if they ever became, you know, lovers. I I just didn't see it. Maybe if we saw them when they were younger, you know, saw their friendship blossom, like a When Harry Met Sally, we see their friendship grow and break apart and grow back together again as they mature as people. But here, it's just two assholes who can't pay their rent and decide to make a porn and then figure out they're in love with each other. It's kind of basic. It's kind of very low stakes. There's just, there's no real plot. It's just a bunch of funny things happening one after another. And I, it is funny and it's well written, but it just doesn't land as a story that makes any sense. Story and name only. Uh, I was not the only one to believe this. Uh, it was made with $11 million dollars total oh no 24 million dollar budget i made 11 and it's opening weekend and totaled 42 million it's an overall failure everybody blamed everybody fucking kevin smith blamed uh weinstein's on the production budget and the advertising budget everybody kind of shit everyone everybody uh the weinstein's claim that smith just didn't make a good movie which i think it's fine again I think you just should have changed the damn title. That should have, that's definitely a thing that should have happened. The reviews on it were pretty good. Even Ebert gave it three stars, which I think that's kind of generous, to be honest. It's, like I said, it's not a bad movie. It's just not a very good movie. It's just sort of meandering. It's not even a character study. It's just sort of shit happens. And not even shit happens for a point. It's just so these two idiots can realize that the person they've been living with for years, a decade is the love of their life. (sighs) Okay. I kind of wish, I don't know. I I don't like talking about what I wish a movie would have been. It is what it is. It's not bad. It's fun. 
get really stoned and watch it. That's that's my review of Yeah. It's it's entertaining. Don't expect a whole lot. Actually I would kind of double feature this with Jersey Girl. Watch Jersey Girl first, you know, just to get time for the edibles to kick in, and then, you know, go right into this one. It's his lesser movies, honestly. I like Jersey Girl actually, to put it down. I think um one of the one of the best lines of Kevin Smith's thing or direction is fucking um George Carlin saying he doesn't want to die alone. That fucking broke my heart. I love that movie. Just for that moment that I got to have that of George Carlin acting again. I loved it. Um, overall, not a great movie either, but better than this. So watch that. <laughs> I said it's a double feature as underwhelming things to go to sleep to or to make out to. Which that would actually, this double feature would be perfect. If you're just waiting for those edibles to kick in and then have fun with this one or, you know, Watch Chasing Amy. It's it's Kevin Smith's best movie to date. It's his most personal. It actually has something to say. It shows more about relationships and a maturity that somehow he's never replicated. I don't know how or why. I mean, he was telling a personal story. That's probably why. I wish he could find that again because that's such a interesting movie. With, again, low stakes. It's just two people falling in love, but at least it has personal stakes for those people. These people just had sex and got jealous of each other for, you know, personal reasons that are kind of dicky. I don't know. There's a lot of society pull in just Chasing Amy. I don't want to be Chasing Amy right now. Yeah, watch this if you feel like it. If not, you're not missing anything. And I'm really resisting as the sort of call to action, you know, whatever question, uh, have you ever made a porno? <laughs> Where have you made a porno? Where would you make a porno? Maybe that's going to be my big one. Uh, if you were going to make a porno, or where would you make it? What's your crazy scenario? You know, they had Star Wars in here. They had the coffee shop with this, let us fuck. I didn't talk about that a lot. That, every time somebody goes to have sex, they, let us fuck. It's just kind of stupid. But uh, yeah, what's the weird out-of-the-box place? Not just like the library, but what about like the reference desk and... um you know, somebody needs help with their device. So you take them into the back, you know, what's your weird sex thing? Uh, if you were going to make a porno, send your answer to our Twitter or one of the ways you can contact us on bandlibrary.com's contact page. There's a bunch of different ways. There's even a form. You don't have to put in any email address. You can fake that shit. You can email us contact at bandlibrary.com. Never going to share your information. Just want to hear some funny shit from everybody. And that's going to be it for this week. Um, subscribe to the podcast, Google Play, Amazon, iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. If there's some way you don't, you get a podcast that you don't have, I'm not on, fucking let me know. I will definitely put us on there. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Tell us about other social media things you like. Maybe I'll start working on Facebook again. I don't know. Um, subscribe to Patreon, patreon.com slash band library. Dollar a month. You get all kind of extra episodes. You want to hear me fucking have an aneurysm over abortion with Family Guy. That's this month. And then next month, abortion again. God bless me. But that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Stay in. Read a book.
Music, Dances and Dames, by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.